This episode is sponsored by Santa Cruz Works, your connection to our area's thriving tech and business community. With over 5,000 members, Santa Cruz Works gives you access. The largest monthly tech events, solutions for your startups and businesses, connections to the hottest jobs, and the latest news about local companies, their stories and best practices. Subscribe free to the Santa Cruz Works weekly newsletter today, santacruzworks.org slash podcast. It's election night. Two Santa Cruz City Council members, Drew Glover and Chris Crone, are facing a recall vote. We're awaiting the results at a crowded watch party. It's at a labor union office on Mission Street in Santa Cruz. The party is hosted by Santa Cruz for Bernie, the local chapter of Bernie Sanders's campaign. Santa Cruz for Bernie has worked closely with the Stop the Recalls campaign. Crone is in the room. So are several other local candidates. During the past few weeks, UC Santa Cruz student Henry Pimentel has been trying to stop the recalls. He's the campus coordinator for the Stop the Recalls campaign. He's been trying to convince other students to register to vote in Santa Cruz and oppose the recall. What's your like 10 second elevator pitch to students when you're trying to get them to understand why they should care about these local issues? Um, so have you heard of Stop the Recalls at all? Um, it's a heavily funded conservative campaign led by uh, wealthy real estate developers and landowners. And uh, you should register uh, locally here in Santa Cruz to vote on these issues because it all affects you. Whether you think the recall campaign was conservative or not, the vote was close. With all precincts reporting by early Wednesday, the unofficial tally had Chris Crone and Drew Glover removed from office. I'm Kara Myberg-Guzman. And I'm Stephen Baxter. In this episode of Santa Cruz Local, we'll recap Tuesday's unofficial winners in the races for Santa Cruz City Council and the County Board of Supervisors. We'll also talk about the Cabrillo College bond measure and other local contests. Kara, tell us about the results of the Santa Cruz City Council recall. Okay, quick recap. So if you're a Santa Cruz City voter, you saw four questions on your ballot related to the recall. The first, should Chris Crone be removed from office? If the majority of city voters voted yes, then he would be removed from office. The second question, who should replace Crone if he's removed from office? Voters got to pick from two former mayors, Don Lane and Catherine Byers. As of Wednesday morning, with all precincts reporting, it looks like Chris Crone will lose his seat. 54% of city voters voted to remove Crone. Catherine Byers is leading the race to replace him, with 54% of the vote compared to Don Lane's 43%. The election will be certified by the end of the month. The county elections office still needs to count many vote-by-mail ballots as well as same-day registration ballots and provisional ballots. The other two recall questions. Should Drew Glover be removed from office and who should replace him? former Mayor Tim Fitzmorris or Renee Golder. 
56% of city voters voted to remove Glover from office. As of Wednesday morning, Renee Golder led Tim Fitzmorris 60 to 38%. Golder also raised four times more money than Fitzmorris did in her campaign. So Kara, if you've got Catherine Byers and Renee Golder on the council to replace Cronin Glover, what do you think this means for housing policy or other things that the council might encounter? Well, we'll probably see a change to the 4-3 balance that we're seeing on city council. Right now, we have Chris Crone and Drew Glover fairly aligned with council member Sandy Brown and Mayor Justin Cummings. That group of four often votes together on things like tenant protections, services for the homeless, and protecting neighborhood character over new development. With Renee Golder on the council, it really changes the balance. We'll probably still see 4-3 votes, but going the other way. Golder is very different from who she would replace Glover. When we interviewed the candidates last month, Glover uh, had a very strong ideology around housing and homelessness. He was against market rate housing. He was very much for advocating for the hardest hit in our community. Golder was pretty vague on her responses. She didn't have a strong ideology. She declined to state stances on many of the contentious issues that we saw on city council last year. She also said she'd defer to city staff a lot of the time. She also said she's more open to market rate housing. Kara, let's go back to Henry Pimentel. He's the fellow who spoke at the top of our episode. Tell us about the role of UCSC in these recall elections. Well, the role of UC Santa Cruz in the recall elections is still to be determined because the precinct by precinct results are not yet out. But it's safe to say that um, the campus polling places were a bit of a madhouse on election day. Our community engagement intern, Natalia Drescher, went up to campus on Tuesday. She said she saw many dozens of students waiting for more than an hour to get their ballots. The lines stretched out the door. There weren't enough available stations, and some of the students were filling out their ballots at these communal tables next to other voters. The room was fairly noisy. On the way up to campus, there was a lot of electioneering. Campaign signs were found in clusters from the base of the campus all the way up to the buffer around the polling places. There were sign waivers. They were talking to voters. And it wasn't just the recall campaign. They were talking about Measure R, other local measures, the congressional seats, um, and the presidential primaries. As far as how big of a role the campus vote plays in city elections, this is a playbook that Sandy Brown and Drew Glover used to get elected in 2016 and 2018, respectively. We had a story back in September about this. Alex Narison, who uh, works for the county's GIS department and who also happens to be a Santa Cruz local member, helped us out with creating these really beautiful interactive maps showing the effect that different precincts had on the outcome of the Santa Cruz City Council elections over the past two cycles. It showed that if you subtract the campus vote, Sandy Brown and Drew Glover would not have been elected. Though the, there's a big asterisk there. 
not all students live on campus and also, you know, not all students vote in a block. Yeah. The timing of this election is kind of interesting because for the last several weeks, there have been some graduate students on strike for higher pay. So when they closed parts of the of the campus entrances and people had to cross picket lines, I'm just wondering, it sounds like this election was not on the front burner for a lot of students and maybe they were scrambling at the end. Well, keep in mind, these are still unofficial results. A lot of those votes up there on campus were same-day registration votes. Those are yet to be tallied. Another thing to note is that um, the Stop the Recalls campaign actually coordinated with the striking graduate students. They joined them on the picket lines this past week. Okay, Stephen, let's pivot. Let's talk about the Santa Cruz County Supervisors race. Tell us about the outcome. Sure. The first race was in District 2. So if you're a voter in Aptos, Seacliff, La Selva Beach, Coralitos, and Point South, this is your district. In this race, the incumbent, Zach Friend, trounced Becky Steinbrenner by 37 points. It was 68% to 31% of the vote. Um, Because he got more than 50% of the vote, there will be no runoff in November. The second race was District 5, which is basically San Lorenzo Valley, Scotts Valley, and Environs. Supervisor Bruce McPherson ran unopposed. He won 96% of the vote, and write-in candidates uh, were the last 4%. But District 1 was the most competitive race. Unofficially, there will be a runoff election in November between the incumbent, John Leopold, and one of the challengers, Manu Koenig. Leopold captured about 46% of the vote, and Koenig got 29% of the vote. Another challenger in the race, Mark Esquivel, got about 11% of the vote, and then three others got less than 6% of the vote. So I talked to Leopold by phone on election night. He was at a watch party at the Eastside Eatery on 41st Avenue. Well, I'm feeling great. You know, I'm, I'm way ahead of everybody else. Uh, and uh, when you have this many people, you, you could uh, you, you always expect that, that, it's, uh, um, that everybody's going to get a few votes. But um, being over 10 points ahead of everybody else is a great feeling. One big difference between Leopold and Koenig is their stances on the future of the county's rail corridor. Leopold wants to continue with the county's plan to have a trail and a rail line alongside it. Koenig wants to shake things up. He just wants to have the trail. When we talked to dozens of residents of District 1 earlier this year, they said the rail corridor was a top issue for them. I asked Leopold what he thought. Well, you know, I've knocked on hundreds, if not thousands of doors in this campaign, and it came up so little uh, at the door. It's it's hard to say whether uh, that uh, has made any difference. Um, I don't. I don't think people see that as as the um, uh, as the deciding issue. Now, people talked about housing, homelessness, jet noise. Those are the three biggest issues that I encountered at the door. All right. Briefly, let's talk about some other local results. Measure R, the parcel tax that would fund Cabrillo College, was short of the 55% threshold it needed to pass. The yes vote received 50.3%. The no vote, 49.7%. Measure R would have raised $274 million to fund Cabrillo College. It would have funded new labs, new classrooms, and other infrastructure on the campus. In the Santa Cruz County Superior Judge race, Nancy De La Pena unofficially won with 43.5% of the vote. Ann Ray Angel was second with 28.9% of the vote. Jack Gordon, third, 
26.9% of the vote. Nancy De La Pena, you may know, was a criminal defense attorney for about 30 years. She's now assistant counsel for Santa Cruz County. Also, if you're a Santa Cruz city resident, you saw two parcel taxes on there for Santa Cruz High School and Santa Cruz Elementary School District. Both passed. They both needed 66% of the vote. The high school one got 70% of the vote. The elementary school one got 76% of the vote. You can find stories on these results, as well as other local elections results, on our website, santacruzlocal.org. Thank you to all our Defender and Guardian level members, Chris Necklison, Patrick Riley, Elizabeth and David Doolin, and the Kelly family. If you haven't already, sign up for our email newsletter. It's at santacruzlocal.org. One last plea. Plea? <laughs> it's 4.30 on election night. We love doing this work. We want to keep doing it. Please support us by becoming a paying member. Memberships start at $9 a month or $99 a year. You can sign up on our website, santacruzlocal.org slash membership. And thank you to all our current members. I'm Kara Myberg-Guzman. And I'm Stephen Baxter. Thanks for listening to Santa Cruz Local.